0: many of us ever know what it is to become the
1: perfect version of ourselves? This is Decoding Superhuman
0: with your host, Boomer Anderson.
1: Superhumans. Oh, I'm oh so giddy right now because my guest today is going to answer some questions that I receive in our health coaching practice all the time. As always, We investigate this world of health by bringing on experts to separate true from false and to really give you bite-sized pieces of actionable information, which you can use in your everyday life to become a more epic superhuman individual. My guest is Reed Davis. And Reed is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, but he's also a certified nutritional therapist, fitness trainer, and environmental paralegal. He's an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine. Reed served as the health director and case manager at the Better Health and Wellness Center in Poway, California, for over 10 years. He now teaches the FDN course, which I'm proud to be a part of, with over 2,500 trainees or graduates in 50-plus countries. He's a clinical advisor at BioHealth Laboratory, helping practitioners interpret lab results and develop natural protocols to restore function rather than just treating symptoms. Reed is known as one of the most successful and experienced clinicians in the world today, having provided functional lab assessments for over 10,000 clients. He's also an expert in pathogen screening, food sensitivity testing, and many other health-related issues. As I alluded to earlier, we get into a lot of common questions that my clients ask on a regular basis. For instance, what is the benefit of lab testing? Do we actually need to take supplements? How Reed went from paralegal to founding the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Program. What are the base labs which Reed runs on all of his clients? We wrap up with my favorite questions, as you guys know. Reed's favorite books on peak performance and his tips for focus. You can find all the show notes for this one at decodingsuperhuman.com slash Reed, R-E-E-D. Now, Reed was so generous on this one that he offered to provide all my listeners, that's you guys out there, a $500 discount on his course. Now, how do you actually get access to that discount. You go over to www.functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. And when you go to the checkout of the course, plug in the code superhuman. It's $500 off. Enjoy the course. I've learned a lot doing it. And I hope you learn a lot on this show. Let's go superhumans. Reed, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Thanks for having me,
0: Boomer. Very glad to be here.
1: I find lab testing to be so important in all aspects of health. But one of the things that a lot of pushback, or one of the pushbacks I get from people, is going out to purchase it. So I want to get into a lot of lab testing questions today. But I think first things first, you know, you're the founder of FDN, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, but your background, if I recall, was in environmental law. Is that right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So we were basically out there saving the planet—you know, birds and bees and trees and water and air and all that good stuff. And uh, long story short, I decided to turn my attention to what's this environment doing to people. So that was about twenty years ago.
1: So the environmental law aspect and that particular transition into nutrition. Uh, if you don't mind, I would just like to pick your brain on that because uh, I came from a background that was outside of nutrition as well. And now I'm actively working on your course as well as with clients. But what made you so interested in nutrition?
0: When I, I basically left the job where I was a senior vice president of an environmentally based company, and it was a good job. I really liked it. Again, we were saving the planet, but I was on a mission to save the planet. And uh, left that job and thought that I would continue the work in a little different way by doing corporate wellness and just getting employees. Really, you know, I had a pretty big company, so I was really into establishing the health and wellness of the employees. I thought that was the route I was going to go. And 20 years ago, there was no corporate wellness. If there was anything, there was a, a company might have a gym. Now it's a common phrase, but... But there wasn't any wellness programs. I started developing one, and I was talking to my son's chiropractor. So my son, in 2000, was an outstanding high school athlete, and that's not just dad talk. And he really was uh, an all-world type of guy. And so I uh, had him at the chiropractor's office, and I'm talking to her about, you know, wellness and my corporate wellness uh, philosophy, and I wanted chiropractor to be part of it, you know. And she just flat out asked me to come work for her. She said, well, I I want you. you." So I started running her wellness center. And she asked me, and and what I realized too, was that I didn't know enough about wellness. You know, I knew about the corporate side and, and I could have managed it, but she was getting her diplomat in nutrition. And said I could actually go as her assistant and take the whole course, you know. So I did. And what happened was I just fell in love with the clinical side. So rather than work with, you know, companies, I really fell in love with working one-on-one with people. Like in her office. Like she pretty much, again, I was running the business and building her practice. It was a whole center. We had other physicians and modalities and practitioners. It was really, really interesting. So I ended up being... After studying nutrition, being the case manager, and so I handled the nutrition therapy side, adjunctive too, with the chiropractor and acupuncturist and other doctors were doing. But um, I just fell in love with the clinical side. That's how I got into it. And since you're uh, an FDN student, then you know from there what happened. You know, I started realizing nutrition alone was not enough to get people better. Uh, everyone walking in the door, again as the case manager, everyone saw me. And I would kind of triage. And what blew my mind, and you know this story, is that everybody would already seen five or six practitioners. And I thought, well, what's that? Wait, wait. What do you mean you've been to eight doctors already? <laughs> Very naively, I guess, at the time, I thought, I'm going to be the last person you need to see. I'm going to figure out what's wrong with you and help you fix it. And that became my mission 20 years ago. And today, it's the same mission, as you well know. And it's your mission. Find out what's wrong. And then find out how to fix it. And I spent 10 years in that office. We're going thousands and thousands of people and developed a a step-by-step system. You know, I'm a pretty good organizer and a good researcher that actually came from the law background, being able to hit the books and really study kind of difficult stuff. And then make it easy for people to understand. As the patient educator uh, in the clinic, you know, case manager, patient educator, that's what I had to learn to do. So I spent 10 years figuring out what's wrong and how to fix it.
1: You go from the clinic to out on your own. And I'm always kind of curious because I made the entrepreneur jump as well. But what made you say, Reed, you got to do this. You got to go out and start functional diagnostic nutrition. For those who are not that familiar, if you don't mind going into what exactly is FDN.
0: Well, it's functional diagnostic nutrition, which is a phrase that I garnered out of what I was doing. Very functional we're only concerned about how things are functioning. How well are they, fun- are they functioning the way they're designed to function? We begin with the assumption that every cell in the body knows exactly what its job is. You don't have to teach cells or tissues or organs or cells. what their job is, they already know it. There's an innate intelligence. And I got a lot of that from listening to chiropractic seminars about the innate intelligence and, and really dug that, you know, so that became basic functional philosophy. That's where you have to start. Now the term diagnostic is not medical diagnosis. The last person, anyone walking in our office or walking into you, is another diagnosis. They might have already had five, and a lot of them are meaningless. They're just uh, clusters of symptoms. They're just names for clusters of symptoms. They don't actually describe what's dysfunctional or really wrong with the person. So we use diagnostic more as like a computer guy would. I'm looking at two big screens here i like, Big computer down there, laptop and computer on that. So I have a computer guy. He runs diagnostics on my computers and systems to find out what's wrong with them, mm-hmm. not to give them some medical diagnosis and then a treatment of the symptoms. So we use diagnostic as what's really wrong. Same way also like a, a car mechanic uses a, a dyno or whatever they call it to find out what's wrong, what part or you know a system isn't working right. Uh, can identify those things. So it is not medical diagnosis. So you have functional, how things work, you have diagnostic, what's not working right. And then nutrition really is just the beginning because it's an entire lifestyle program. But I believe lifestyle programs generally begin with nutrition. And this is just what I called it. And it stuck so the, the, you know the the nutrition is the diet but there's also rest and sleep there's exercise there's stress reduction there's you know taking your supplements and things like that so so nutrition just basically represents a holistic lifestyle
1: there's a couple of things that like really resonate well with me there that n- innate intelligence part about the cells because i i feel like so many people out there are constantly pounding down that message that there's something wrong with us, there's something wrong with us, there's something wrong with us. When in reality, the human body's a beautiful thing. We just have to help it do its job the right way or the way it was meant to, right? Uh, that, that just really resonates very well with me. You touched on it. But one of the things FdN is famous for is, of course, the the dress for health success formula. Do you mind just walking through a little bit of how that
0: works? Yes, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. And we talked about you know, functional diagnostic and then nutrition. You got to figure out what's wrong first. So, The Dress for Health Success program, I'll I'll explain, but but you got to know what's wrong. Is it the hormones? Is it the immune system? Is it digestion? Is it detoxification system? Is it energy production? Or nervous system imbalances, you know, the autonomic type of thing. So when you know some things about that, about a person, where they need to make improvements... And basically identify what we call healing opportunities that again it's not a medical diagnosis; it just means here's what needs to be improved mm-hmm. because we're not physicians, we can't really I mean, don't want to just treat that one thing we want to treat the whole person every you ha, you can have an effect on every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system, like you say, the intelligence is there it's the same intelligence that runs the universe, you know, and so it's and There's no denying it. Now, how do we have an effect on every cell, tissue, organ, and system? Well, the protocols I developed over ten years, where I sort of made a few little discoveries, and it will be intuitively, you know, understood. Uh, diet, obviously, the D the D R E S S is diet. So, giving the body the fuel it needs, and all the vitamins and minerals, and phytonutrients, and the sense of fatty acids and amino acids. You know, so we know a few things about diet and nutrition, obviously and getting the right one for that person. And then rest, the, the R, D-R-E-S-S, R is rest. So really it's sleep, but uh, I already had two S's in there. <laughs> e is exercise, and then the two S's are stress reduction and then supplementation. Mm-hmm. And I don't have my own supplement company. I want to kind of, you know, I don't I don't really sell supplements, you know. But I know a lot about them, and, and I know that they're required because food isn't, doesn't have enough nutrition in it, so we need to supplement for what's in there. Um, We also, as we go through this healing process, can support certain cells, organs, or systems. We also can stimulate certain activity. Everyone knows if you take echinacea and zinc before you get in an airplane, you're probably not going to get sick. You know, like every time I travel, I pop some zinc and... just to boost my immune system for even a few hours or a day or so you know so we know that we can stimulate certain things too so supplements are important but the biggest area you have diet it's huge rest is huge i've studied sleep very thoroughly exercise of course i'm a certified personal trainer and then stress reduction is probably our biggest area because the labs tend to identify hidden stressors and and things that are contributing to chaos in your body, what we call metabolic chaos. You, you know well, Boomer, that uh, running the labs, you know, figuring out what the healing opportunities are, what the hidden stressors are, helps us put that protocol together. And then someone has to run that program. Guess who gets to do that? Each of us, each of us gets to run the program. You know, you create the program, you run the program.
1: So, Reed, one of the things that I get asked quite a bit. And I'm trying to think of where I want to take this, if I want to go down the supplement route or go straight to the labs. But let's start supplements first. You have the client that comes to you and says, I eat healthy. I don't need supplements. Do you mind? And you touched on it. And this is a very big frustration for me. Do you mind just giving some examples of how food, as we know it today, just doesn't have enough nutrients in it?
0: You know, the soils are depleted. Uh um- They're not like when my grandfather was growing food in the, in the field behind his house, you know, that was 60 years ago. And he would use manure. My brother and I would go shovel manure out of the neighbor's horse stalls and mix it in with the compost pile. And then we'd spread it on the ground and till it in. And, you know, there was um, no herbicides, no pesticides, no fungicides, no rodenticides, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was just natural. And so I think there was a lot of nutrition in food some time ago. It probably could get everything. But the soils are depleted. Commercial farming and harvesting and transportation, and you lose a lot of it. And then the way we cook a lot of the nutrients out of our food, you know, it gets washed away and that kind of thing. So there's all kinds of science behind that. And what would you do to compensate for this, you know, food that doesn't have much in it? you take supplements. Supplement means substitute really for what's missing in the food. And so you could believe it or not, but it's true. Um, there's plenty of studies that would show you that the amount of vitamins, minerals, acid, fatty acids, the nutrients that required, genetically required nutrients just aren't in food. Even if you eat organic. Now, I try to eat as much organic as possible, but only because I'm then avoid it's what I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding the herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, rodenticides, and things like that. So you eat organic to avoid poison (laughs) as much as possible, (laughs) but it doesn't have that much more nutrition in it, in my opinion. And so therefore, I take supplements. Not a ton, you know, I mean, but you need them. For that reason alone, you know, you could also get into therapeutic stuff later down the road, like probiotics, you know, minerals. Um, You think you need minerals? Yeah. Yeah, you need minerals. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Everybody, everybody needs minerals. I think uh, just in general, that whole message of food doesn't have enough nutrition. And it's pretty embarrassing that we have to eat organic just to make sure we don't poison ourselves, right? It is a little bit better here in Europe, but not ideal. Okay, going down the labs route, second favorite question that I get from clients all the time is, do I really need to do the labs? I have so many answers to this, but I would love to hear an answer from a person like yourself, the benefits of doing the lab testing.
0: Well, sure. Well, first of all, I have to say that there's no one lab. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of an issue for people too, is that, you know, they've been to the doctor and they've run a lab, they've done blood work. You know the standard uh, complete blood count, we call the CBC and chem panels, and and what have you. And the doctor says there's nothing wrong with you; you're fine. Well, obviously, you know you're not fine. People feel really lousy and have all kinds of things going on that they're, they're being told is normal. And it's but their and their blood work doesn't even look bad. Now, um, if I ask your audience to raise your hand if you have ever been told or know someone has been told, even though that person's life is maybe even in Ruins, you know, they just just really feel horrible. Um, but your blood work's normal, so you're fine, right? Well, we know that that's wrong. There's something wrong, and if you have a bunch of symptoms, something's wrong. So that one test uh, that doctors like to run basically is not going to tell you what you need to know.
1: You mean the the, the annual the annual physical doesn't help everybody? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? It could uncover something that was really, really serious, you know, so you want to go get that thing. Mm-hmm. But that, that annual, like you said, but most people have kind of pre-disease. They're, they're, they're not clinical yet, meaning they're not ready for doctor's treatment, you know, or, or people come to us when they refuse that treatment because most physicians today, their only answer is medication. So when you go to a physician, it's, you're fine. You don't need medication. Now the person says, but I'm not fine. I feel terrible. You know, I have no energy. I don't sleep. I'm overweight. My skin looks bad. My, you know, on and on and on. Tired and all these things. So they know something's wrong. Now, so what we run are called functional labs. Mm -hmm. We use saliva, urine. We use stool. We use some blood too. But it's looking at things differently and looking at different things. And so these functional tests are the way to go. We again we look at hormones, the immune system, digestion, detoxification. How are those things working for you? Are there any healing opportunities there? Is there anything that can be improved? And so person goes to doctor, get told you're fine. And they might get offered even then some, some prescription to make you feel, you know, if that symptom is, uh, you know, acute enough, they'll give you some, you know, antidepressants, for instance, or whatever, it be quiet and go away. Uh, but we go, no, let's, let's look, if you have tiredness and fatigue and allergies and moodiness and irritability and sensitive digestion, it, you know, aches, pain, whatever it is, we know that's not normal. They'll never accept that it's normal. Your blood works fine, that must be a normal symptom. Symptoms aren't normal, they're a signal that something's wrong. We don't have one test. Like there's no way to put a, uh, some blood into a computer and have it tell you everything that's, that's wrong with you. We're 50 years away from that technology, if it ever happens.
1: <laughs> uh, I, w- I would love that day, I'm not sure it's gonna happen though.
0: Maybe, you know, I keep thinking of Star Trek, you know that little thing that, that Dr. McCoy used to take and just <laughs> wave over the body. <laughs> You know, and then, and you know, okay, he's got a <laughs> whatever, you know. So uh, that doesn't exist either. So we we run saliva, urine, blood stool. I like to run five functional labs on every person, and I can see if they're you know what's out of whack. And then, because I spent so long doing this, what is it that the person needs to do to? rebalance or repair restore function and so that those things can be you know you can have an effect our dress for health success programs the dress protocols are designed to have an effect on every cell tissue organ and system the entire organism and there are no guarantees but there's are very reasonable expectations and that's a phrase you want to borrow all the time you know reasonable expectations hey if you do this this and this you will make improvements And most people, that's all they really want. In that process, you find amazing things happen that people think are miraculous. They're actually just a natural outcome of behaving yourself. (laughs) But they do appear miraculous. If you've had migraine headaches three times a week for five years and then you don't have them anymore, That appears to be a miracle. It feels like it. It's really just, yeah, it's just a miracle. You know, so we've seen that over and over and over again. One of the
1: reasons why I gravitated towards you in the course was the complex systems approach. And really, because I always looked at health, well, at least when I started going into this myself, is sort of so much more than diet and exercise, which is what we as a society tend to advertise as health. But uh, I really like the fact that you take this complex systems approach, data-driven, and you hinted there at five functional labs. Do you mind just going through what those functional labs are and some of the, I guess you would call them biomarkers that you're pulling out there and looking for?
0: Sure. Well, from uh, the saliva test, we're looking at hormones, immune system. Uh, We're looking at the adrenals. We're looking at what we actually call the hypothalamus-pituitary-adrenal axis. So we're looking at uh, the the specific hormones would be cortisol and DHEA. Cortisol is basically your stress hormone, and if you're under stress, generally that's going to rise, and it affects your blood sugar and all kinds of things. And then DHEA is the counter-regulatory hormone. They need to be in balance. You can measure those quite easily with saliva, and it's not expensive. You don't have to go in for a blood draw, et cetera, et cetera. So you can measure cortisol and DHEA and, and get these things in balance. What you don't want is to be in cortisol dominance. Cortisol breaks the body down. And DTA again, is counter-regulatory. It's, it's an anabolic steroid, steroid hormone. It builds the body up. Obviously, those things need to be embedded. It's really critical to see just how catabolic or cortisol dominant you are. Now, while you're collecting saliva, you can also look at the sex hormones, the bioavailable levels. So it's not just what's circulating the bloodstream. A lot of that is bound up, it's unusable by the body. Saliva is known after 30 years of saliva testing and 300 research papers. We know it's the bioavailable levels. And for the most part, it's functionally accurate. You know, So we look at estradiol, estriol, progesterone, testosterone, even melatonin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so you're looking at all these hormones that are part and parcel of your health picture. You know, so you're kind of starting to paint this picture catabolic, anabolic, the sex hormones. There can be dominances there that you don't want, like estrogen to progesterone in women is really critical. You could have low estrogen, but it's still high in relationship to the progesterone. Therefore, you're still estrogen dominant, even though you don't have that much. You could have all the estrogen dominance type of symptoms and things going on. So we look at that. And again, the melatonin, you know, what people don't get is that. Uh, most of that's made in the gut. Your baseline melatonin is made in the in the gut area. Uh, of course, you get the little bit from the pineal gland at nighttime when it gets dark. We call it the sleep hormone, but it's much, much more than that. It's, very, it's a great biomarker, as you call it. So from one test, you just got all that information and data. And when you know how to interpret it relative to a person, see, we never treat the test results. That's the difference between FDN and medical is we don't just treat the paper. You know, the medical mind is like, oh, this is low, let's raise it, sort of artificially, if you will. Take something to treat the paper. We never, we go, why is it low? What can we do to restore normal function so that it comes back to normal naturally? That would be the, the approach. So the saliva test is really critical. Now there's a couple of urine tests we like to run. Again, these are easy to collect at home. And I don't know how much detail you want. We can go into detail. Yeah, so with, the, uh, with one of the urine tests, what we have you do is eat a bunch of protein the day before. So now the next morning, you're going know, to collect your urine and send it into the lab. And again, the lab fee is not much of a barrier to most people. They can afford the lab fee. Now we're going to look at uh, some critical markers. One is how well are you breaking down that protein? You know, Because if you're not breaking down, if you don't get good bacterial breakdown of protein, You're probably having dysbiosis. It might even be worse than that. So that's a marker, and I could go into more detail. But you want to see how well you're actually breaking down your food. You mentioned people come to us eating really well, but are they actually assimilating it is the question, right? That's a big thing. So why don't we see how well that's going on? And it's so cool. Now you can show a person who's been eating well and yet is having problems one of the reasons why. And one of the healing opportunities could be right there in that one little marker. Now, another marker there is oxidative stress. Same test, same urine collection. Oxidative stress is like, are you breaking down sort of early, before your time? It's kind of an aging thing. It's kind of like if you uh, uh, cut open an apple, it turns brown, like right open. That's kind of like same way. So oxidative stress... Needs to be in balance. There's always going to be oxidation. You know, some free radical activity is, is okay. So there's um, pro oxidative activity, and we want to see if that's outweighing the antioxidant activity. This, this helps us, you know, know how much stress a person's under, you know, oxidative stress. It uh, could come from smoking or over-exercise or their environment, but it could come from internal toxicity and everything too. So so it it opens up a window into what's going on with the person. And another marker on that one test is liver function. Now, you know, of all the organs you have, that's got to be right up there. So, so important. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got your brain and your heart, uh, the lungs, those are pretty but the liver is right up there, I'd say. It does so many things. And uh, if it's congested, it shows up on this test. So Or if you have poor bile circulation, it shows up on this test. So th- these are healing opportunities, things that are part and parcel of why you feel crappy. They don't show up on the doctor's blood test. And yet, they explain a lot about what you could do to make improvements, you know, whether it be the diet, the rest, the exercise, the stress reduction, or the supplements, they they all contribute to good function. And the functions we're measuring, again, we mentioned hormones, immune digestion, detox you know, liver detoxification. So if you can make improvements in those areas, your health is going to improve. And sometimes your symptoms just disappear. And like I said, some people find it quite miraculous how good they could actually feel.
1: Yeah, you touched on a few things there that actually had an impact on my health because I thought I was a very healthy person. And then you kind of get that indican level back and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not processing that protein so well. But just wanted to pick your brain on a couple of things, Reed, because as a person who's very, very involved in the health industry, I, I have little pet peeves that I, I see people posting out there uh, that I, I wouldn't say annoy me, but just make me question uh, the types of information that people are getting. What is your biggest pet peeve right now about the health industry?
0: Uh, Wow. Um, gosh, it's such a huge uh, field. Now, obviously I, I'm sort of really experiencing people being told that symptoms are normal. So the, the, what we'll call standard medicine would have you believe that, um, it's just, you're getting older, you know, like, oh, you've got this pain in my left arm. Well, you're getting older, you know, well, isn't my right arm the same age? You know, that's what I ask. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't believe it's just my age and I'm, I'm 65, man, but I feel like as healthy as I did when I was 38. You look great. You know, yeah, I mean, I really try to walk the talk. That's one of our requirements to be in this business. And so I don't like going to doctors who are out of shape and don't really follow any particular health-building strategy. They really just treat disease and symptoms. So that's a huge – that was a major category of peevishness. Yeah, that – I'm peeved about that. <laughs> it also gives us something to do. You know, will we offer an alternative? When, when I started out, the, the, function, the term functional medicine wasn't around. It was alt, you were alternative and often equated with quackery, you know, as if we were our minds or something. And obviously we were just trying to help people and figure out what was really wrong with them instead of chasing their symptoms. So that's my major peeve. If I have another one, it's that people get into our side of the business, and they, but they don't really follow the principles of um, identifying healing opportunities. They think they're treating specifics. So I have, a, I have a problem with non-licensed practitioners pretending they're doctors and acting like they're actually fixing PCOS or irritable bowel. or um, you, you name a condition, fibromyalgia, migraine headaches, uh, sinuses, allergies, depression. You, know, you, you name some of the major things people are suffering from, bad skin conditions and obesity and diabetes. And other, And they think that they, they're going to fix that. Now, they're not doctors, and they think, I'm going to fix that. They treat specifics. I, I have a problem with standard medicine, but I also have a, a problem with those in the, quote, unquote, alternative area thinking that they get to treat stuff. And they don't. What we do, and this is where the sort of discipline comes in, we treat nothing specifically. You're going to take that poor person down another wrong road and keep them locked in a cycle of trial and error. If you just um, say, "Yeah, I can help you with your IBS" or any other specific, we don't treat anything specifically. It's sort of against the rules, but you'll do a much better job if you treat everything non-specifically. So if you say I've got IBS, I go, I'm sorry to hear that. That's not normal. Let's see. maybe I can help you. Let me look at all the dysfunction in your body and let's see if there's something there that can be fixed or repaired or restored or brought back to really good function and see then we'll take a look at your specific thing and see if it's still there. You know, so it sounds a bit odd, but that's the the true phrase is we treat nothing specifically. We treat everything non-specifically, and that's not mumbo jumbo. Non-specific treatment is well known in the medical community. The, the doctors understand non-specific treatment, like eating right. Does that treat? Anything specifically? No. Does it treat everything non-specifically? Oh hell yeah. You know, a good night's sleep treats every cell tissue and organ sort of the same. You know, like if it's good for that cell tissue organ or system to rest, then it is a form of treatment, but but not for a particular condition or symptom or or anything, you know. So um and by the way, again, I've studied sleep so thoroughly. It's a tremendous therapy. I love to sleep.
1: <laughs> it's one of my most exciting topics to talk about, that's for sure. We could probably have a whole nother episode about the benefits of sleep. All right, we'll do it will do. It. But uh one of your first point about going to a practitioner that walks the talk. One of the people that you mentioned quite a bit is sort of a person that you look up to is Paul Check and that is a key message that Paul Check always gives everyone. Is, you know you want to pick somebody who looks, acts and feels the way that you want to be. Uh, and that again Reed resonates with me so much. So Reed, I have a couple more questions for you because uh, I know you're a busy guy but these are kind of the two standard questions that I ask everyone. And I guess the first one is what is your top trick or tool that you use to get increased levels of focus?
0: Yeah, well, my focus mostly comes from a good night's sleep and having a purpose. So, you know, I get up every day and I ask myself, that, was that a good enough sleep, you know? And I also pray and I, I give thanks. I'm very grateful. You know, no matter what's going on, if you're not grateful for what you have, uh, you could lose it. You know, you, you, know, you just don't want to take anything for granted. And that includes your health. And, you know, I mean, I, I've had some success in business. I, I feel really grateful and fortunate and I don't think I'm really smarter than anybody, but I am organized and I do focus, you know, so I get very set on my purpose. And, uh, I think if you don't have one, you're, you're lost. You're a ship without a rudder. You, you got to have this, the ship and the rudder and know where you're going, but there's, you also got to get the wind and the sails and, and adapt to the conditions, you know, the currents in the water. I mean, life is gonna throw you some curveballs, you know. And I've certainly had my share. But um, I get up every day, give thanks, try to make sure I got a good night's sleep, and then I get busy on my purpose. I don't know if that helps, but that's my answer. I I get focused on things. And and also I think I have a propensity for taking the sixty thousand foot view or whatever height you want to use you know like I I look at big picture a lot you might say well that's not being focused no that that's where my my focus is on the big picture it's on accomplishing something important you know like, like helping people exactly yeah it's a big
1: purpose, but I, I completely, I'm a big picture person as well. I know that there are people out there that are very much into the details, but uh, in a way, the partnering of the two helps accomplish a lot more, right?
0: Yeah. I have uh, Again, just from past, before I got into this, uh, I've been doing this just 20 years and I'll do it the rest of my life. But prior to that, I had a lot of experience in business and organizations and education and things. So um i, I I think that having that purpose helps you to motivate other people to join you in a common purpose. It's, it's like, what are we, not what am I trying to accomplish, what are we trying to accomplish? And I, that was true in the environmental. You know, I had a huge crew, I mean, a big team all over the state, and we were cleaning up the planet. Well, it takes a lot of people to clean up the planet. <laughs> yeah. You have to thing pretty big if you're going to clean up the planet, and so it's the same way with health. Now, we're going to change health care into self care, and that takes pretty big thinking. Yeah, empowered responsibility, right? Yeah, I, th- I always attach to my purpose, it's what keeps me focused throughout the day on projects and. Parts of that, the planning and and parts is, is always connect to your purpose. If you don't have one, you're kind of
1: lost. Passion is contagious, right? And that's how you get people to, to follow you. One, well, I guess, second to last question for me. Favorite book on peak performance?
0: Oh, my goodness, man. I, I mean, I've just read so many. I'm a big Napoleon Hill fan. So Think, think and Grow Rich? Well, he, that's what everyone knows him for. But believe it or not, the Napoleon Hill Foundation released Three books in the last couple of years that were hidden for seventy years, and w- one of them is outwitting the devil. So I would recommend everybody. Matter of fact, right around the corner, of that wall right there, I've got a stack of them on my in my hallway, uh, and I give it to people, my guests, when they're leaving the house. I give people copies of that book. I literally bought a whole box to give away. I work out of the home. This is FDN international headquarters (laughs) and it's a self-help book. I think that's where that peak performance comes from is uh, in your heart and in your head in your spirit because people do what we do and they don't even have a body hardly. There's people with no arms and legs and no digestive system. And I've seen people with everything but their brain and hearts cut out. You can't live without those, but, 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 you know, I've seen people with, with horrible bodies do um, amazing things because of their spirit, their heart, and their mentality. So that's my answer.
1: You know, in honor of Amazon Prime Day, I think I'm going to have to get off of this and order that book because I, I have read Think and Grow Rich, but I haven't read the rest of Napoleon Hill's works. So I need to, I need to dive in that one.
0: That just came when you asked the question, I didn't know you were going to ask that. I just, it popped in. It, Cause it it's, you know, I've got two of his other books sitting on my, Coffee table, you know, I'm reading and I'm going to do some writing on it and stuff. Another big hero of mine, uh, motivationally, was was Stephen Covey. That's how I got through my paralegal program. And but I need to clarify, you know, environmental law is not a lawyer. I was a paralegal, the top program in the country, you know, for environmental law. But um, I was, you know, paralegal is the one that do all the work. We're the workhorses, <laughs> and and so. Um, I'll just say that, uh, that's what got me through that program was just listening to Stephen Covey tapes every single day over and over and over again, principles, using principles to guide yourself, your life and your activities.
1: I mean, my favorite book that came out last year was Ray Dahlia's principles book. If everybody hasn't checked that one out, it's still one of my favorite books, but, uh, Reed, this has been a fantastic conversation. Where can people find out more about you?
0: I suppose the website, you know, functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, like all websites, you know, they're always under review and revision. It's never been perfect, Uh, but, you know, the the current iteration is there, functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. I try to be available. I speak at conferences, and I love when people come up and say hi. I do several conferences throughout the year. I I go and speak, and we usually have – a vendors booth for our, our course you know we're looking we're actively seeking new recruits we're, we're trying to grow our little army of do-gooders exactly
1: and i'm, I'm proud to be a part of that army hey yeah, man proud to have you well reed this has been absolutely fantastic uh thank you for sharing this wealth of knowledge and hopefully We're going to do a part two on at least sleep. If not, we can delve more into indican and all kinds of dysbiosis questions, which I have running through my mind. But thank you again.
0: You're very welcome. Happy to talk uh, geek stuff with you anytime (laughs) or any way you want to take it, Boomer. You keep up the amazing work you're doing. I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much.
1: To all the superhumans out there listening, have a great day. Superhumans, hopefully you found that conversation very fruitful in terms of answering a lot of common questions that I at least get from you guys out there in terms of lab tests and supplements. I would love to hear your feedback. If you can send me an email at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. As some of you guys know, I read and respond to absolutely every review. And speaking of reviews... If you don't mind going over to, well, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, if they have a review system, SoundCloud, wherever, and leaving a review for the Decoding Superhuman podcast. Why is that important? Well, enjoying this podcast is fantastic, but why not share it with friends? Why not get more people to listen? Because we're having great guests, great experts come on and share their knowledge about health, and that deserves to be heard around the world. Thank you so much for doing that. And everyone, have an absolutely epic day.